Hello and welcome to Radio Maria. This is Just Life, and this morning on Just Life, we are going to be speaking to Charles Wilson. Good morning, Charles. Good morning, Tim. It's Jesus. Love. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. It's so lovely to have you with us on this program today. And um, just a few words about who you are, uh, for those who do not know. Um, you are the founding member of this Radio Maria um, station here in, in England. Um, you are the president of, of Radio Maria. So good morning, Mr. President. <laughs> good morning. Yes. I've, I've never had the opportunity to say that. And um, are you going to be telling us about your recent trip to the Holy Land, which we're very excited to, to hear about. You have just got back in I the last few back. days. And yeah. I was very excited. I came in on Tuesday and I was I was full of it. And of course, I was told, oh, come and talk to us on Thursday. Yep. So <laughs> there we go. I, I am here and a bit like... So we went to Jerusalem and to do the road to Emmaus. And this... Um, this all this adventure started in February, in mid-February. I was in the studio, and suddenly I got a WhatsApp from somebody in Cambridge who I I knew a little bit, but not very well. He uh, he is an evangelical, and he's a member of the Cambridge Revival Hub, which is an ecumenical group that meets to pray, and I'm I'm a member too. And he said, "I had this trip to Jerusalem, and I was going to go with my wife." Uh, but she can't come. Would you like to come? And it was to go with this group called JC2033. And it seemed to be run by Swiss, but they all speak French, apparently. And I think that, that was probably why he thought that would be, I'm half French, so he thought it would be a good idea. And my first reaction was, well, yeah, it's uh, a bit crazy and uh, I've got loads of things to do. But there was something in my heart that stirred because I'd been to Jerusalem once. And I thought that was 24 years ago, and I thought maybe it's time to go again. And so I I hesitated, but my heart said, go. And then I spoke to my wife, because that's what one always does, and I said to her, what do you think I should do? And we've got lots of stuff going on in the house, etc. and I, I was ex expecting her to put barriers and say, no, don't go. And she said, no, you can go, you can go, but is it safe? And I thought, yes, it's safe. And then over the coming weeks, I saw lots of trouble happening in, in, in Jerusalem and, and well, in Israel particularly. And I wasn't sure. And even the week before, I was, I was beginning quite jittery about going there. But then I got a, an, an, um, an email from somebody else, and it was about um, Global 2033, and it was a message from the Pope. And uh, it said, let's celebrate the last, the, the decade before Christ's resurrection. And I thought, well, this is confirmation because JC2033, the group I was going with, was being led by a man called Olivier Fleury, who is a Swiss. He's a Swiss evangelical. But in 2007, he had a vision. Um, and the vision was about 2033, which would be the 2000th anniversary of the resurrection of our Lord. And um, his, from that time, he's been working um, to try and get people, and he's gone around the world 
to get religious leaders. He's been to the Vatican and had the blessing of the Pope and to get people thinking about this great adventure. So we are now 1990 years after the resurrection of our Lord hmm. and we're now entering the next decade. So this is the background too. And so they were going to take us on the road to Emmaus. And so we were going to go to Jerusalem, obviously visit all the sites in Jerusalem, but also we were going to do uh, the various roads to the various Emmauses. And so this was, this was a journey which I was not really prepared for, uh, but actually the journey itself was very, very fruitful. What do you mean when you say the various Emmauses? So I will come on to that, but there are five different Emmauses that have been. Um, so I, I will, we'll go through okay. the history of all that. But I, I thought actually it probably would be worth just reading um, the, the, mm. the scripture, which, which was the gospel of this Sunday. So I was in Jerusalem having done the various roads to Emmaus. Um, and that was the gospel. So that was very meaningful. So this uh, comes from the Gospel of Luke. Now that very day, two of them were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus, and they were conversing about all things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, You are the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days. And he replied to them, What sort of things? And they said to him, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, how our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And beside all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. But then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described, but him they did not see. And he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophet spoke. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred, referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on farther, further. But they urged him, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. And with that their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. And then they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? 
And we know that then they ran back to Jerusalem. And it was it was almost night. So there were lots of things that were relevant in that um, that reading, which I, I'll allude to later on. But the fact is, they were down and down, downcast the two disciples. And they didn't recognize Jesus. And sometimes we don't recognize Jesus walking with us. And he draws them in. They meet this stranger who, who talks to them and educates them about the scriptures. And so how important this scripture is to us. And then at the table he does he breaks the bread and makes a blessing. And the importance of that is that resurrected Christ that they recognize at the communion table. Not 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 the last supper before he was died, but this the resurrected Christ. And that, that's quite an important thing. And it, it was a topic of importance um, on our walk. But our walk was a road to Emmaus, and that, that, that scripture has always been an important one to me. Um, but I'm also, I quite like history, so I like the idea of walking and understanding and, and walking on the path mm-hmm. where Jesus might have walked and the disciples. Um, and so we did this. But in fact, there is not just one Emmaus. There are potentially five contenders. And it, the, it starts off interestingly because... In most Bible um, readings, um, it says a village seven miles from Jerusalem. Well, actually, in the, in the original readings from uh, writings from Luke, it's in stadiums. So it is either sixty stadiums or one hundred and sixty stadiums. Now, a stadium is a is a movable feast, really, but it's meant to be the le- length of a stadium, which is about one hundred and eighty meters depending on, on how big your stadium is. Okay. Like literally a stadium where, exactly. where exactly. people would exactly. uh, congregate. So, so 60 times 180 gives you about 11 kilometers, which translates roughly as seven miles. Okay. So it's a little bit like what we would say these days. Uh, it, was, it was 60 football fields exactly. away. Yeah. Interesting. And apparently in different scriptures, it, um, it comes down to 160 so whether that was somebody who who put an extra one to mm. make it fit or whether that was the original, they realized that they got it wrong in, in the original. But that, that, so the seven miles that we read in our Bibles is, is based on the length of stadiums. Okay. It's a translation so, basically of, uh, or transcription of those, those yeah, yeah. length terms. So what does Emmaus? Well, Emmaus actually means, um, it's a Greek name which is based on the Hebrew word Hamath, which means hot spring. So um, we're looking for somewhere that had hot springs water, because mm-hmm. that's probably what Emmaus. Um, now, in the history, uh, we think of, I mean, obviously Israel's had, a, or the, the Palestinians had a checkered history. Um, but in terms of Christian uh, influence, it was the Byzantine time, which is after Constantine, so it's about 300 to 600 AD. Mm-hmm. And then also when the Crusaders arrived, the Crusades, which would be um, in the 11th, 12th century. So, so when you're looking at somewhere of importance that the Maos might have been, then you're looking at places that might have had buildings put there okay so you're looking at byzantine and roman potential settlements 
because you would expect something there. But then knowing that, of course, they've all been knocked down or, you know, in the meantime, there's been lots of um, occupation. So the first, our first experience in the walk, well, well, they, they first got us to, to think about the reading I, I read. And so we, we had a, a time of recollection and we went to the garden of Gethsemane, which is a beautiful place to go because uh, and we went to the, the Franciscan part of it, which is a fairly closed part of it. And we had two hours there to meditate upon our, our journey and where Christ had touched us in, mm. our, in our journey. So it was a nice preparation to, to, to the walk. And we all shared uh, with each other in, in the group um, our lives, but at the times when, when Christ had, had touched us particularly. Um, and it was actually it was beautiful listening. I was in the Anglophone group, as they called it, the English group, which was over five of us. Um, and it was it was very special. Um, but after that, the following day, we started our excursion. So we were going to the furthest. I said one of them was 160 stadiums, so that's 30 kilometers. Wow. <clears throat> Most of the group were retirees like me, so and some older. The oldest in the group was 80. Eight in her early 80s, but very fit, but her early 80s. Um, so they took us halfway. So we basically walked 14 to 15 kilometers in 30 degrees heat. So it was it wow. was hot. It was a journey, yeah. and it was an eventful journey because uh, the young one of the youngest in the group had a fall and really injured his um, shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, we had to put him together, and I was I was worried at one stage whether he dislocated his shoulder, uh, but he hadn't. But he was in, in severe pain, so we put him in this a sling. This is the, the doctor in you. Speaking, that was the doctor. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and and uh, he was very touched by everyone's sort of. Uh, you know, he he was a man from the Philippines, and he said, "I'd spent a lot of money to get here." As you know, it's. Uh, and I was really looking forward to it. And on the second day, I fall down and sort of do a severe injury to myself. And he said, I said, he said, you know, Lord, why have you done this to me? And then he said, over the next few days, I was repaid by all the kindness of the group, you know, people oh, cutting wow. his meat up and people helping him to dress. And, and he sort of said, in my weakness, I, I felt your love, Lord. And he sort of said, actually... It was the greatest thing that could happen to me because it, you know. Interesting. It might have been um, more appropriate for a, a Lenten visit to um, to the Holy Land and and reflecting on the Stations of the Cross to have such a, a fall. Yes. But um, yes, well, we did do the Via Dolorosa, but that was before his fall. Okay, yes. interesting. Yes. Yeah. Um, just to actually, as we we mentioned that, um, it was a very, it was quite a tense time in Jerusalem mm-hmm. because. Obviously, the Passover had just been, the um, Easter had been, but the Sunday we arrived was the Orthodox Easter. So there was that, and of course, Ramadan was coming to an end, and mm. so there was the Muslims. So all three religions were sort of together, mm. and it made it quite um, an interesting place to be. Anyway, we're on our way to Necropoli- uh, Nicopolis, which is one of the probable Emmaus's, but it's um, 30 kilometers away from Jerusalem. And the problem with that is, obviously, when they recognize Christ, how would the disciples have run back um, all 
30 kilometers back to Jerusalem. That's quite an old, that's quite a journey. It would have been nighttime, although it would have been the full moon, so the full moon would lit the, the roads. Uh, but it would have been quite a journey, and you imagine the gates of Jerusalem would close fairly early, so mm-hmm. you might not get in after midnight. Um, but uh, there, there's some very uh, interesting digs. So we, we walked all the way, and we, we went to uh, the community of the Beatitudes who welcomed us there, and a wonderful welcome. And that's why I got the marmalade for Father Toby because they make their make their own produces there, um, and they 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 hosted us, gave us a dinner, um, and it was great. But we also went and look at um, some of the um, monuments around there, and of course there was an old, very important Byzantine church, so that would have been from three hundred to six hundred. Wow. There were some old tombs which dated to the the first. Um, um, century, so they would have been early Christian mm-hmm. times. Um, there was also a place which they thought could have been Cleopatra's house. So um, I saw all that and I thought, well, this is it. It's it's still called Emmaus. It was Emmaus until 1967. And um, it's now... so. When the Byzantine came in, it was called Nicopolis. Then it became Emmaus, um, I think, for quite a long time, until 1967. So it's now known as Nicopolis in Emmaus. Um, and then there was a nun who had a vision. She, this was in the 1850s. She had a vision that this is where the real Emmaus was. And she bought the land, and then they started digging, which is where they found all these Byzantine stuff. So... I was. I thought, well, you've got everything. You've got, you've got, the, you've got the rocks there that tells you. We walked a, around the Roman road to there, where there were, you know, lots of um, old Roman things, mm-hmm. and um, it all fitted to me. And there was a vision. So yep. what more can you have? And we had a great time. So that that was our that was our first um, thing. And then, but then we were told. Oh, well, let's go to another place. And so we went to a place called Abu Ghosh. And that was on the fourth day. And Abu Ghosh was, uh, there's a very old crusader church, which is still preserved. Um, and it's a Benedictine monastery now in the middle of a very Palestine. So the people around them are, are Muslims. Mm-hmm. But this, this Benedictine um, community is there. So very much... We've learned about the tensions of the various communities, and, and this is very much a sort of little peacekeeping uh, monastery. And it, there was a very great feeling of peace. And the, the Benedictine abbot there blessed us and gave us a nice talk. And Abu Ghosh fits because that's exactly 60 stadiums, so mm. that's exactly the right distance. And it's been marked by um, the Crusaders church. So obviously, the Crusaders saw it as the real Emmaus. Um, but that was about all the evidence that you would have for that. Um, but the beauty of that is I, I, the, the old church, and when I walked in, they were just starting a mass, and it was um, a German group, and they, they obviously had some great voices, and just listening to the sound. And anyway, mm. I joined into the mass, and, and I was able to, to be with them. Um, and again, that was a wonderful experience. How's your German uh, no, not very good at all. <laughs> but that is the beauty of the mass. Actually, you follow it yeah. um, very easily, 
and so um, um, and we were staying in a convent, and in the convent there was a um, I found the morning mass at seven o'clock, uh-huh. and that was in Italian. I was that was a bit easier for me, but it was you know it is the beauty of going to the mass that you follow it very easily. Yeah, the rhythm sort of you know you know where it is by by yeah. the um the different yeah. Rhythms. I wonder if we shouldn't take this opportunity to go to our first music break. Yeah. Do you want to say a thing or two about about this first song? So, which one are we doing now? We're doing the one that you sent in. Ah, so this risen. this is this is the JC twenty thirty three um, song that has been released. It's to mark the beginning of this decade uh, until twenty thirty three for the, and it's 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 about uh, Christ is risen. Right. So if you've just tuned in, we're um, talking to Charles Wilson about his trip to the Holy Land. Um, Charles is one of the founding members of Radio Maria England. And um, this is a song that um, is from the group that organized the the uh, pilgrimage that he's just been on. And it's called Risen, So We Will Arise.
You're listening to Radio Maria, and this is Just Life. And Charles has been speaking to us about his recent trip to the Holy Land. The song you were just listening to was Risen, So We Will Arise. And um, it's lovely to have you here, Charles. It's very interesting to hear about the Holy Land. It's a, a trip that I've been wanting to make myself for some time. So I'm listening with a little bit of, of envy, um, the, the best kind. And um, the, one of the things that's featured on this, on this journey of yours has been the, uh, the text from the journey to Emmaus, which I'm sure you're going to bring out a little bit more in, in the rest of the talk. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, no, a bit. I'm, I'm going to finish the, the historical bit. So I, I said, you know, we, we went to two different places, but then there was a third one, uh, which is a place called Motza. And um, that, I, I mentioned the stadium. So this one is the closest to Jerusalem. It's only six, seven kilometers. So that's quite close. That works out there's 30 stadiums. So, But we walked that from Jerusalem and we walked down and then down the valley into in, into into Monza. Um and that's the Emmaus of Flavius Josephus. So there, there is sort of um, some independent Roman. So he he places Emmaus at um, where he so says Emperor Vespasian gave eight hundred dismissed soldiers of the Roman army a territory to settle at a place called Emmaus, thirty stadia away from Jerusalem. Um, and the place was later called Colonia. And this led to an Arab village called Qualunia, which was destroyed in 1948. So certainly there was, there was evidence that there had been a Roman garrison there. And um, we went there and we went to a synagogue which had been built. And so we had, a, we had the possibility of going into a synagogue and, 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 but the synagogue had been built and they found during... Uh, the COVID times in the last um, two years, there was an old, uh, what would look like a large crusader um, settlement or building, the foundations, and then within that, Byzantine foundations, which would, which would give uh, a feeling that this this uh, could have um, 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 been the place. And you know, Motza is mentioned in the in the in the book of Joshua, it's mm. one of the towns of Benjamin. Um, and I have to say, the the evidence was getting quite strong that this bit probably was the Emmaus, the right Emmaus. It fitted with a lot. And the distance, yes, it would be easy to get at night you know, and get in by about nine o'clock, uh, in the evening, when the gates mm -hmm. would still have been open, until, and then join the disciples and said, "Look, we've just seen him." Mm -hmm. um, so, so I, I, th I think the evidence of the historical evidence is I think we've probably found what is the most likely of the Emmauses. But none of that mattered because what mattered was the journey we were on, and during that time, every time we walked. Uh, we had time to, on ourselves, so you could reflect, and you know you felt the Lord's presence. But also you had, we had, so we, we were told you have to do 15 minutes of complete silence and walk in silence. And that's very important on a walk because it does allow you to reflect, etc. And then, and then we, you, you were given um, 15 to 30 minutes to pick another person and not always the same person. 
to talk about what you've been reflecting on. And, and things were uh, to do with the, the, the scripture reading. So how important are the scriptures to you? And, and then the particular the, the thing is, is the, the breaking of bread and how important is the Eucharist to you. And it was interesting because I was walking with an evangelical person you know, where, you know, the word is everything and the breaking of bread, well, not so sure. And it, one of them had really been moved by saying, but in this scripture, it is the res- resurrected Christ that is breaking bread. This is a living Christ. You know, the theme, the theme of the whole thing is Christ is alive, Christ is risen, and Christ is, Christ is in the bread. Mm. And... I could see the, the the scales falling falling mm-hmm. down, which 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 was um, interesting. And you know, we all grew as a group as we walked. We all grew. There was a real love in the group, and um, these you know people mostly Swiss, but there were some Belgian, Philippians, and um, and uh, my friend Andrew. We we all became quite a tight unit, and it was the tour guide um, sort of said. This is a tight, you know. This is a really unified group. I haven't had a group like this before, which which I thought was was was, was lovely. Um, but things, I I'd had my concerns, you know. I thought, you know, that especially Lutherans, you know, I always thought, oh, they're going to be very, very hard at me, and you mm-hmm. know, the sort of uh, and incredibly gentle they were. But then I started bringing up the rosary, you know, and uh, and 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 talking about. The rosary, and there were three different people. So Olivier was was one. He is Olivier's. Is uh, you know, I, I taught him. He went. I said, "This is a Christ-centric prayer," and I explained it to it to him, and he was amazed. Actually, he sort of went, "Well," and he said it to the group in the evening. You know, Charles taught me the rosary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where was he from? Uh, he's from Switzerland. Okay. He's he's uh, youth without a mission. He used to be the director with, of youth. with a mission. Yeah. Youth with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Freudian slip. One would one would hope that they come as youth without a mission, and they find one. Yes. Um, um, that, so, that's, so youth with with a mission uh, is abbreviated to YWAM, and I know a little bit about them because my father was was with them in the seventies, um, and they're a missionary organization which are present all over the world. Um, my sister was in it as well. And, um, yeah, quite quite an amazing legacy, Youth with a Mission. Yes, yeah. yes. That was a Trojan slip. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very Catholic thing. I hope we can edit that. In the <laughs> um, uh, anyway, what was I saying? Yes, yeah, so there were was, was three people I, I remember teaching the, the rosary to. And... Uh, one one of them who had been brought up a Catholic but now was an evangelical said, you know, but why didn't they not teach me this, you know, when I was taught the rosary? Because I just, the rosary just seemed to be saying, the, you know, the Hail Mary. Like a mantra, time. really. Like a mantra. Yeah. But it, it is a mantra because it's a meditative mm-hmm. mantra. Uh, but the important thing is meditating over the mysteries. Yes. And um, and that is, you know, the life of Christ. And that it, it is a beautiful thing to do anyway i i think i i spread the the catholic seeds of the rosary and and the, these ways some some of the barriers um uh, come down 
during that week, we had some amazing testimonies. So uh, we we met with Messianic Jews, um, and I went to two um, Messianic Jew. So uh, explain what what a Messianic so Jew is. The uh, to get into Israel, you you have to be Jewish to be a Jew to, to reside there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Messianic Jews are people who believe in Christ, but they don't want to call themselves Christians. They are they believe that that Jesus was the Messiah, and they but they want to go to to live in Israel um, in order for for the second coming of Christ. And there are about fifteen to thirty thousand mm-hmm. uh, Messianic Jews live, residing in Israel. There, there's quite a lot of opposition from Orthodox Jews mm-hmm. because they they would say, well, they're not Jewish, you know. Because, but um, but I went to their services, which is very much based upon reading of the scriptures, and so it would be similar to a, the synagogue, but right. but then translating into the New Testament. And, and always relating the New Testament to the Old Testament, right? There, and that's quite a uh, Protestant thing. Yeah, I mean, there's no in in both things. I did not see any of the breaking of the bread. Yes. Uh, it was very much um, uh, focused upon scriptures and yeah. and songs. And you know, we played the Lord's My Shepherd here. Well, I heard the Lord My Shepherd in Hebrew, exactly the same song, and I thought mm-hmm. it was. Uh, um, but that was. I was most moved by meeting the Palestinian Christians. Um, we met the bishop of um, uh, the Lutheran Church in Jerusalem, who is a Palestinian Christian, and he sort of said, "You know, people say, well, when did we become Christians? Well, from the year dot. You know, we've been here all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, something happened in the." 19th, this was the Lutheran. Yeah, so something happened in the 19th century in as much as the uh, the English and the Germans moved in to Palestine. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously they they modulated people. So Palestinian Christians come in all sorts of so that you have orthodox, you have you have Catholics, um, Armenian as well, I think. Well, Armenians would not be Palestinian necessarily. Okay. Um, because you're quite right, Jerusalem is divided into the Christian and then the Armenian sector, the Muslim and the Jewish sector. So the Armenians are the Armenians are the oldest ever. So they were the first whole race, a whole nation. Converted. Yeah, the first kingdom, uh, yeah. uh, first Christian kingdom was Armenia. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So all three hundred and one of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> so when you talk about kingdom, anyway, <laughs> that so they're still around. They I are. mean, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yes. Yeah, so, so in the nineteenth century, the English and and the um, Germans moved moved in, and obviously had had some sort of uh, quite a lot of people became Protestant as a result of it. Mm-hmm. But interesting, there was um, so the plot of land, the the. The church is very close to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. It's 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 you know stone's throw away, and in that in that area they did find the foundations of the original walls. So oh. it shows that the Church of the Holy Sepulchre was outside the walls. Oh wow! So okay. so that that was one fact. Um, but he sort of said that uh, originally they, they they agreed that 
there would be a German bishop, and then the next bishop would be English, and then the German mm -hmm. bishop. And the first German bishop lived 30 years or so, and then the English bishop was, um, or the, was put through, and he only lived two years. So they had another German bishop, and he lived in another 30 or 40 years. And then, and then there was another English bishop who only lived two and a half weeks. So, wow. so at this stage, the English apparently rebelled and said, "We're not. We don't like this. It's something to do with German efficiency." But uh, they, they seem to last longer. <laughs> so, um, so the English went elsewhere, and the Anglican Church formed the Christ Church, which is another church. Okay, that's the sort of history I, I learned. But anyway, the Palestinian Christians. Uh, we had a couple came to talk to us, and he was he was Greek Orthodox. But he, he he talked, and and you felt the the woundedness of the, the the Palestinians. You know, you felt how what what were they going through? It was it was it was very palpable. Mm. And and yet, you know, Christianity is is all about healing of wounds. But there there, there are wounds there we have to acknowledge. Um, I, I felt the passion of the Messianic Jews saying, you know, we need to get into the state of Israel. There is a purpose. Um, there is a purpose in converting their fellow Jewish um, brethren. And so that's their purpose. Interestingly, I feel some of the Orthodox Jews, and quite a lot are coming from Russia or etc. Orthodox it, Christians or Orthodox Jews? Orthodox Jews. Right, yeah. Want... Um, want to get into Israel because they, they are still waiting for the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And when the state of Israel is really founded, etc., is when the Messiah will come. So there's mm -hmm. an interesting, uh, well, that's how I read it, that one group is waiting for the, com the coming of the Messiah and the other group is coming for Jesus coming back. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we are moving towards end times, it, it seems, from that point of time. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, very powerful. The, the we also went to a synagogue. So the only group I we didn't um, have much in, 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 um, play with were the Muslim group. Although, as I said, it was the end of Ramadan, and uh, um, certainly Jerusalem was packed with them. But it was it was a very moving week, mm -hmm. um, and I completely bought into the vision of you know this is the decade up to um the celebrating 2000 years since mm. our lord's resurrection yeah so if you've just started listening to us the the significance of, of that year um this year being 2023 and christ um having been crucified in the year uh 33 so it's 10 years before we reach the the double millennium of that commemoration. Um, we're going to go to another music break. This is a Hebrew uh, version of Psalm um, 22 or 23, depending on how you number it. The Lord is my shepherd. And um, when we come back, uh, we're going to hear a bit more about Charles's visit to the Holy Land. But there'll also be a chance for you to call in if if you'd like to ask him a question, and um, or if you'd, there's something you'd like to share from from a visit you may have had. And this is uh, here it is, Mikadem singing, "The Lord is my shepherd." <laughs> Love she, yes, so far. 
Psalm 23, The Lord is My Shepherd, sung in Hebrew by Mikadem. Um, we, we have been talking about um, the Holy Land and hearing from Charles's recent visit to the Holy Land. If uh, you'd like to call in and ask him a question or have something you'd like to share on the visit to the Holy Land, the number to dial is 01 375 Five six four. That's zero one two two three three seven five five six four. And the phone lines are currently open. So, is there anything else that you um, want to share with us, Charles, about this visit? Well, uh, as I said, it was organised um, by this group JC twenty thirty three, who's 
um, vision is to, to celebrate together the 2,000 years of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, um, I mean, the, 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 their core values is um, together, people together in unity to be able to witness and then to celebrate. And they've, they've now also been incorporated into Global 2033, which, which actually was only released uh, about two weeks ago. And so there was a video, as I said, uh, with uh, the Pope and Cantela Messa and, and, and Michel Moran and various people saying, um, let's, you know, let the whole church start thinking about it and be mobilized. Um, you know, the idea is to talk, to reach all people, the unreached and those who have distanced themselves from faith and to mobilize 133 million Catholics to become missionary disciples, reaching every diocese, every parish. So that that is about to happen. So the whole thing seemed to coincide together. That's that's why I caught I caught the vision. Mm. Um, and I th I thought I might uh, things have been happening in, in in Cambridge too. That as I said, we've been I've been part of a prayer group. We 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 meet every two weeks for an hour. Um, and it's called the Cambridge Revival Hub. But we had planned for this Pentecost to do something special. And so on the 28th of May, um, uh, on Parker's piece between two and seven o'clock, um, there will be a stage. And I, I was amazed because I thought, you know, will, will the council allow this? But we've, we've done all the right things and the council have said, yes, you can have. So there's going to be a stage and there are going to be various churches or, or prayer groups presenting there um, we've got Dominic McDermott who's been on Radio Maria mm -hmm. and Derek Williams who we know well from uh, um, I think Derek's going to talk about the significance of Pentecost and, and wow. uh, but it's, it's going to be essentially in keeping with the vision of JC23 and of Global 2033 to, to, to start the, the decade of Witnessing, getting people together from various churches, witnessing, and hopefully celebrating um, the resurrection because Jesus, as I said, Jesus is alive. So it's it's it, it to me it all brought it all together. So this the road to Emmaus, this journey that I've been on on a historical and but personal journey, it, it filled my my heart was burning at the end, and I mm -hmm. came back and said, look, uh, we've got to. We've got to let people know. Yeah. There's one theory, um, just to come back to these different locations of Emmaus. I've, I've heard it said that um, there's a theory that the reason why they didn't recognize Jesus was because they were walking into the setting sun and their eyes would have been... Um, did that come up in, in trying to figure out the location? No, but it the is correct. You would have been walking um, away. The it was the sun would have been coming from from your slightly left, but but it is okay. Yeah, that, it, that is that is correct. I, I think also they would have been very downcast. You know, their whole mm -hmm. lives have been shattered, and so that they would not have necessarily reckoned. And I think that's true of of us. You know, when when we're feeling down, when we're feeling depressed, when we're we don't always. Jesus is walking with us, but but we don't always um, recognize him. Yeah, um, and you know we can be quite blind um, to 
his presence. Do you feel like the text came alive for you in a different way through this journey? Was there something that stood out to you where you thought, gosh, because I'm here, because I'm going through it in this way, I've seen it now in a new light? I'm not sure the text changed it. It's my uh, relation with others, which is to do with that I felt uh, my barriers came down and I was much more inclusive and this this so it was the love of my heart which was so it, it was more the warmth that we talk about their hearts burnt with fire so so it was more and it's it, it is to do with unity of of Christians I suppose um, but it was it, it, that's what came through really um, because these you know people were worse complete strangers to me mm-hmm. even the person i'd gone with andrew I, I i barely know and at the end i think you know having spent sharing a room and, and laughing in the room etc you know we were we were very close friends at the end of it mm-hmm. so um i think that we brought changes in my heart rather than the, the text itself but uh, the one thing of the text was um the, which had always been clear to me um the, the you know Jesus breaking the bread and that's when they recognize him uh, but how important that was to to tell others because that is the resurrected Christ it's not it is the fact that Jesus when he's doing that has resurrected from the dead mm-hmm. and that's quite an important I, I realize that's quite an important um, thing for other people to re- recognize yeah uh, so the resurrected Christ present during the breaking of bread, that was something that that seems to have come alive yes. for you. Yes, yes, that's interesting. I find it interesting that there wasn't um, some kind of commemoration of um, breaking of bread in your group, but you say that you were able to go to the mass and and yeah. receive communion on the yeah. last on, on the last night. It was, and he made it quite clear, Martin um, Hogarth, who was. Who was leading the group? Who was who was a pastor? Made it quite clear this is this is not sacramental. But you know, we each broke a piece of bread and gave it to to gave right. the bread to, yeah, yeah. and we also had some wine. And we um, so so there was a sort of and and basically the said is you know Jesus is alive, mm-hmm. and, and as, as we said it and, and you replied um, uh, yes he is and will be and will will be forever sort of thing. So. Right, that's that. That sounds very much like the orthodox um, uh, practice of of how they share blessed bread. Don't know right. if you've ever come across no, that. I no. So in the orthodox liturgy, um, they there is something different to the sacramental bread, which is shared. It's a it's blessed bread, and um, so if you're a, a catechumen um, and you haven't, so you're not you can't yet receive uh, communion. You would um, you would be allowed to receive the blessed bread. Right. You go forward and you get it, and then and then it is shared between the t- between uh, lay people. So someone will come up to you, put a, a small morsel of bread in your hands, and and say um, what they actually say is Christ is among us. Yes, and right. And then you respond saying um, He is and and ever shall be. That's right. Uh, that's so it was right. that one. That was that one. Yeah. Yes. yes. And it's really lovely. It, yeah. It's. Um, I know that blessed bread was a tradition in in the Catholic Church as well up until fairly recently, and I'm not sure why we've we don't do it anymore because it's a lo- I think it's a lovely thing. Um, 
you know that it, it is it includes everyone even if you if you can't receive communion you can receive the blessed bread yeah um some that's a question for questions of faith i think yeah the other thing actually you know i asked on question of faith you know will there be a time when we have uh, communion under both kinds yes. yeah and twice in jerusalem i had communion under both kinds right so that Funny. was that was um, special but i was in the con you know i and the nuns Salesian convent. Um, so I, I, I was very. I, I thought that was a great time. We also had on a, a, sh a Shabbat meal or reconstru reconstruction of. So this was in the kibbutz. Uh, we went to um, a place where they had a reconstruction of the Last Supper and how it would be. Mm -hmm. um, and things they said. I mean, I, I don't know whether they're true, but they, I so. You know, we always see Jesus at the center of the table, you know, when we see the Last Supper. Yeah. Uh, but they said, that's not how it is. So they they, they had the, the divans and, and they sort of said, you know, you lean on your left hand, you lean on your left shoulder and you eat with your right hand. So you're, and they sort of, they said the, the main principal person is number two from the side. So that's where Jesus is likely to have. Mm -hmm. Then, um, the, so next to him on his right would have been uh, John. And John's role is also to, to pass things around So he because he's freezed on, on, on his right. So, and Peter would have been on his opposite side. Okay. So, and then they, they reckoned that Judas was next to Jesus on his left. So they, they, they said it was so John, Jesus, Judas on one hand mm -hmm. with Peter on the opposite and then all the other disciples yeah around um but it would have been it's not at all how you would see the last supper it was very difficult to paintings. paint that isn't yes. it <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i i found that i found that quite interesting it also peter would have been quite a long way which is why he would have said to john what did he say what did he say yeah because i can't hear yes okay. so i, I like that it's, it's, yeah uh, no that is that is very interesting it has put a um a nice kind of it, it gives one a mental image of it which is interesting that kind of brings us up to the um the end of this program um but it's been really lovely hearing from you charles about about your journey to the holy land and and the experience and i it's definitely uh, made me made me realize how much i i need to do it at some point um so thank you. No, no, and, and I, I would encourage anyone if they have the chance, um, you know, don't pass it over. And and also, if you're around on Pentecost, the twenty eighth of May on the Sunday, mm -hmm. come to Parker's Peace and come and be with us, and uh, you know, for for celebrations. Yeah, that and sounds... you know, these next ten years are exciting ones. Um, so there we go. Thank you. So um, that was Just Life with myself, Tim, and with Charles speaking about his recent um, trip to the Holy Land. And I uh, just want to thank you once again for that, Charles. That's all from Just Life for today. <laughs>